What's going on, everybody? Big day today. Tuesday after the Super Bowl. Episode 3. Like I said, a big day for the team today. We are so, so excited for this. You're listening to the All Day Every Day Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. My name is Alex Jacobs. Let's have one today. We got some great, great stuff for you today. As always, my king, my partner in crime, Manny Ruffin, is in the house today. What's going on? Are you excited? What's going on, baby? What's up? We got What's a good up? show here today, man. What's big show, up? big show. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, big game, big guest, man. I'm ready to get started. Yeah, we got Ryan, Ryan Rothstein. If you guys didn't hear the end of episode two, Ryan Rothstein is joining us for an exclusive chat about his career in the field of sports broadcasting. And then Manny and I are going to be getting into... Some Super Bowl 55, Tom Brady winning his seventh Super Bowl on Sunday. So we got a lot to talk about there. And as Ryan gets ready to join this Zoom, he texted me actually, said he was joining from his studio. And I said I wanted to, you know, just flex on him. I wanted to spit one back on him. So I said, (laughs) I got a studio on my own here, King. Let me show you what I got. So we're just going to be talking with him, you know, like I said last week. He works, you know, for 1490 AM Sports Betting Radio in Ventnor City, New Jersey. From 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., he's got his own show, The Fix, with Ryan Rothstein Mondays through Fridays. And just to hear about what he's done in this field is going to be really exciting. You know, you guys know I'm trying to do this and trying to do the things that he's doing. So to have somebody that's in this industry doing it is awesome. I never really thought we could have somebody this cool in here to, to share his opinions. So I want to have a little chat with you, Manny, before we get into this. Um, So uh, Sunday, I bet on this game. And we're going to talk, obviously, sports betting radio. So we have some things to talk about with Ryan. But I made a bet with with Leonard Fournette to score. And he did so. But this was the Barstool exclusive. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. The Barstool with the live, the live bet showdown, you know, where you had to, you were getting assigned a personality of one or one of five guys. So I got assigned Rico. Now, if my Rico wins, then I get a thousand dollars of bonus cash. Well, the app crashed in in Michigan, so they couldn't live bet for the first half of the game. So they said, you know what, we're going to give the bonus cash to everyone. Then they got it back for the second half. And Rico won. So regardless, I would have got the money. Yes, sir. So I have that in bonus cash. Now, the crazy thing about that, though, is that's not withdrawable. Like, I can't take that out right now. I yeah, have to bet it. that. And yeah. it's kind of hard because you can't go higher than minus 200 odds. So, like, you can. Oh, that's easy, bro. You what put 1,000 on Joel and be the one MVP. Oh, my God. No, uh, I guess. Free cash. I guess. I don't, like... So like because if you if you take like a money line bet at like minus one fifty five or minus one eighty seven whatever that's easily losable you know what I mean so like that's why I'm very that's why I'm very uh, I'm very nervous and I'm because I need that you know what I told you before we started about my big plans for the next you know year and a half so that's right. a, that's a Kickstarter for that that's to follow that plan like I told you to follow that plan I need that thousand to start so if I lose that. It's gonna be a little. Uh, it's gonna be a little frustrating. So, did you hear about what happened? What was happening with Fanduel before the uh, Super Bowl? No. Oh, they could. You you couldn't get in. Yeah, you couldn't people, get in. People, people weren't getting their bets in. Bro. I That's don't know if, if DraftKings was like that too, but I don't know. No, DraftKings, DraftKings wasn't. I, I got I got my uh my first half bet in that lost. See, I, I got it. In. What did you bet? 
Chiefs first half money line. Oh, you said you were gonna do that. Yeah. Nah, I, I also it. did. I'll tell you this. I also did, and I'm probably gonna t- say this again when Ryan's here. But I did the overs club bet too with, um, to get that golden jacket with the 55 on the back and everything. That was my original plan was to do get that, get the jacket. But dude, come on. We're gonna get into this game later. But come on. You have a quarter and a half, and you get you the two best offenses can't score sixteen points and get me the jacket. I don't know. I didn't really care about the hundred dollars because I won the hundred dollars from playoff Lenny scoring. I wanted that jacket, the gold, the gold jacket. Come on, I, I yeah, you know, I, I forget who um because we had a poll on our Instagram, and someone put up a bet that they said they had they had Lenny to score. They have yeah, my friend, my friend. I know he, he texted they had, me, and they had Mahomes to throw a pick. I was like, he, yeah, he texted bro, me. I see you. He texted me on Sunday night after the game ended, and he was like, "Just so you know, everything that I slid up on your story, everything, too, everything hit." And but he stopped betting because he was losing too much money. I'm like, dude, you would have been a rich man if you took any of those picks oh, tonight. Man. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's a, it's a, it's a grind in this, and now I'm just kind of sad that football's over. You know, I can't yeah, bet on that anymore. Feeling. It's a somber feeling before the game because you know, like. Damn, this is the last game for this a is long it. time. This is it. And we got draft talk soon, but that's not Yeah, but scene. soon. Like, I mean, we still have, we would be doing March Madness stuff before that. I'm just kind of upset that right. we're not going to be talking about that like for a while unless we hear some crazy trade. Obviously, we saw the Oh, it's, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah, it is coming this it's week. Coming. It's coming. Mr. Mr. Wentz, as an Eagles fan ah, for you, Mr. Wentz. Mr. Wentz, do we do we think Chicago Bears? You see the, you see the reports today goals? that um, you see the reports today that they, they said um, he's on good terms with every single person in the front office, but he refused to answer calls from Harry Rosen. Carson that's West. like yeah, that's a that's a bombshell because that, that reveals so much about the situation. So I had I don't know if it had anything to do with Doug. It might have, but well, it seems like the the big the big culprit here is Howie. And if Howie runs this man out of town, and then we see Carson Wentz lifting the Lombardi Trophy for the Chicago Bears and Indianapolis Colts. There will people will want his head on the stick, me included. So we'll see. We'll see what's gonna go. What's gonna go on this next couple of weeks? But I don't think I don't think Eleven's here to stay, man. I don't think he's here to stay. I I was saying this yesterday on on when I was doing a show for my internship. Do you think that Frank is sitting there in Indianapolis with open arms, like nah. Carson? They they did you wrong. They did you dirty. Let me, mm. uh, well, let's go run it back here with me. You think he's not even the slightest? I don't think they. I don't. Uh, like, like I'm not a Colts a fan. I don't think Colts fan. Uh, Colts fans like the idea of once, but the reality of once, the contract, the injury history. I don't think they want that right now. I, me personally, I think a team that the team that really can afford to take a shot on once is the Bears. Having Mitch battle it out, or they might trade Mitch. I don't. I don't know. I like Mitch. Mitch looked. Good I saw some things where it was like, like Foles would come back, and they would do that reverse thing, but it wouldn't matter because Hertz would be playing anyway. But like. I don't. I just don't. But here's my. Here's, no, but I'll say this. I'll say this though. Like that doesn't mean anything because like, why would you in that if you're the Eagles in that why would you take a quarterback back? Why don't you try to get like a a, a defensive player or a linebacker, a high end linebacker? Why don't you just like you know what I mean? I just don't understand why do you have to do a quarterback swap? You don't have to include Foles or in, include Mitch in that trade. That's what I'm saying though. I, you don't have to. I don't understand that. The Philadelphia infatuation with Nick Foles, it will never die. Nick Foles could be 48 years old and he's in a trade package. Sign it. Sign it. Sign it right now. Sign it right now. That's unbelievable. I, I mean, I love Nicky, but. Uh, yeah, you're not like that. I don't, so it looks I don't, like, I don't want him here with Jalen. It looks like Mr. Rothstein is ready to join us. We are so, so excited for this. Let's see how this works. This virtual atmosphere. As we see there him goes. coming now, there he is. Look at him in his studio. Let's see. 
connecting to the audio. This is crazy. This Zoom atmosphere that we're in. Virtual virtual living. Ryan Rothstein joining us now. So excited, so thankful, very appreciative of your time today. How are you doing? What's up, man? I'm uh, I'm honored to be invited on with you guys. It looks like you're in like a uh, like the Howard Stern studio or something. <laughs> so here's the thing. It it may look really cool, but it's really just a closet in my basement. And I just got to have a, a nice face cam light, some sound panels and some lights around me. But other than that, it's nothing crazy. Got a nice the closet has the best sound. Man. Yeah. And, and you put these best sound sounds. panels up and it's like that. I was very fortunate enough for my parents to set this up for me, get a nice soundboard for Christmas and, and, and have that to take with me as my career progresses. And we just have a bunch of questions for you as you know, we know the things that you've done. And I first just want to say like the little background and how this was all possible. My girlfriend, my girlfriend's cousin is your girlfriend and she actually FaceTimed me and I never thought that I was going to get a FaceTime from Christina. And all of a sudden it's in the middle of the day and I get a FaceTime and I'm like, why is she calling me? She's like, I have someone for your podcast. I, I like, this is how it's going to work. I'll give you his information. And I know we had talked about this. And the big thing about this industry that I've been saying for the longest time is it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. So I'm just grateful for the people that were able to set this up for me and, 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 and make me be successful. So, again, thank you for your time today. I just want to start with this. So I know that you've done all of these things, uh, but just can you give us a short little background? I know we know you went West Virginia, sports management, all this kind of stuff. But just a short little background on, on you know, that, those types of things and what you're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I won't spend too much time on it because I don't want to bore people. Um, you know, it all started in 1990. I was born in Philadelphia. Um, nah, so <laughs> I, uh, I went to WU. I graduated in 2012. And, you know, I, I, like you said, my, my major was sports management. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, yeah, I want to go to a big school. Yeah, I want to tailgate football games and I'll figure it out from there. And the sports business side sounds pretty cool. So let's, let's check that out. But I ended up getting into hospitality. I've, I've always been really interested in sports radio, sports journalism. So long story short, I left the industry I was in for about four or five years. And like you said, uh, Alex, it's all about who you know. And my old baseball coach growing up is the program director and the host of the afternoon drive show in South Jersey on an ESPN affiliate station. So I hit him up. He also went to Dub V. So we're friendly. And I said, listen, man, I'm trying to crack through in this industry. Let me just come into the studio one day and, and, and look, I just want to see what's up, like, see if this is for me or not. I did that. I loved it. And long story short, again, I just worked my way in there. I went from helping him out, coming up with ideas. He turned my mic on one day uh, and I worked my way into uh, his co-host. And I've kind of just been off to the races ever since. So I spent a couple of years there. I went to Sirius XM for uh, a little less than a year. And um, now I have my own show. So it's just been, it's been great. I mean, it's I've just, lucky. it's very like for me, cause I'm graduating in May and that's one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you and have you on today because, you know, I am kind of nervous. I am kind of getting freaked out because this industry, as you know, from working in it and, and you're, 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 you know, five, 10 years, 10 years probably in this industry, you know how unforgiving this field is and it doesn't really give back for what you're putting in. So for me, can I actually get a position? So those questions that are like, how do you, 
how are you able to like when you're looking at your resume and Sirius and ESPN Radio now having your show, how are you able to do get those positions and do those things? I just feel like I don't know if I'm going to be able to have a resume that's built like that in that amount of time. I mean, you 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 might not, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that I'm better than you. Like, there's no, you know, especially young or old, but young especially. You know, I, I think there's room for everyone in this industry right now. There's so many people making content that have never been inside a radio station. And, and, and that's that's the world we live in. That's a good thing. You know, and there's plenty of people out there that don't want to turn on a sports radio station. They're sick of it. They want to go on YouTube. They want to go on Twitch. They want to go on Twitter. They want to get their their content, how they like it, when they want, where they want, how they want it. So for someone like you, who's like, man, I'm nervous. I got to apply to, you know, 97.5, the fanatic. I got to apply to all these small stations in Jersey or Delaware. No, you don't really. I mean, you have to be resilient and you have to put content out there. It's all about the reps. Like it's all about figuring out who you are and what you're good at. So that's my spiel. Yeah, I think there's room for everyone. I know at least for me, the the main reason why I was so scared is, I started my first two years of college, I started in hospitality management. I didn't know if I could really do this in this field because, again, unforgiving, can't really get money, very low and limited in opportunities. So let me just go into somewhere that is in, that is high in demand of opportunities and money and that kind of thing. And then I was not enjoying it two years later. So my junior and my senior year now, my I'm in my final semester. I've just been doing this and it's kind of been working out. But my problem is I have experience like being a line cook and being a server at different restaurants because I was in hospitality. I had to get that experience. My only experience now is I'm very fortunate to have gotten for this semester. I'm an audio producer for a sports media company, just editing podcasts. So that's That's all I have right now. So I'm kind of just like, if I didn't have that, I would only have this to show to employers. And that's why I'm like, is there anything that, that you would, any advice that you would tell me like getting out of college post-graduation anything that I should be doing or look to do to start going in this field? I don't like everyone's different. You know what I mean? So it's like, that may seem like a cop out, but like everyone has to do their own thing here um, and and figure out what's best, you know, for them. Sorry, my screen just went black. I don't know if it went black for you, but um, like like for me, I I worked a full-time job for a while. So I worked at DraftKings full-time as a sports book supervisor. And I did that for a year and a half, 40 hours, 50 hours a week. What is that salary. title? That sounds so cool though. <laughs> um, I was in the, I opened the, the sports book in Atlantic city um, as one of the supervisors. So that was like a really cool job because I mentioned I was in hospitality as an operations manager. So I have the customer service BS, you know, I'm, uh, you know, if you're good with people, you've managed teams, you hired, you fired all that stuff and then the sports betting aspect. So that was really cool. But I did that full time as I was on the air every day. So I was working like 80 hours a week because the radio, I wasn't making money, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. You know, if you're passionate about something, you figure it out. Like, like you figure it out. You, you hustle, you find a way to get your money to survive and then do what you're passionate about and try to make that thing work. So, I mean, that's my advice. The, the, the passion always fights through you know if you're passionate enough you'll figure it out exactly the people that say like the people that say like oh bro like yo get me on the show to co-host this and that and i'll hit them up on a friday like yo come in and co-host 
They're like, oh, I'm out with my boys at the bar. I'm like, you don't want it. We, we don't were just want having it. this conversation, we were just, Danny. We were just, we were just saying this. We were just saying this. I actually had a, uh, I had a quick question for you, Ryan, because, I mean, your story just seems like there's a bunch of ups and downs in it. And I know as long, there are highs, highs, but I know there's have been low lows. So do you have a quick story about maybe like your lowest point or when it got roughest for you and how did you push through and get to the yeah. point where now? <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of them for sure, but just for like professionally, um, I mentioned I was at the ESPN affiliate. So I was there for a while co-hosting, hosting my own shows as fill-ins. Um, and I started kind of getting worked out of it a little bit. So I still wasn't making good money and they they've moved me to a different time slot. They moved me to the midday for like one hour a day instead of co-hosting four hours a day. Um, and they were essentially working me out for whatever reason, they were just going a different direction. They were cutting back. And at that point I was like, damn, like I spent all this time trying to get to this point. And like you mentioned, Alex, like it's so hard to find a job in this industry. And at that point I had nothing for about a month. I, I walked away from there. Um, and then I just, I, I got a phone call asking to, to go over to Sirius XM. So, I mean, I, I just got lucky, but I was thinking about, you know, what, what should I do? How should I like revisit this? So there's, there's always doubts. Like I always have doubts, but I, I think it's rewarding. Like I'd rather be struggling with something I love than like give up on it, exactly. you know, you know, and, and, and there's things that I thought I was passionate about in the past that I ended up not being passionate about. Mm -hmm. Like I did marketing for the 76ers. I did marketing for the flyers and you tell people that and they're like, Oh, that's sick. But I didn't like the job. Like I, I just didn't, I didn't like it. It, I sounds love sports. Good. it sounds cool. Right. You know, if you want people to say, Oh, cool at the bar, like awesome. Right. You know, but do you like what you're doing every day? So that may maybe not be the best example of like a low point. I probably have better stories, but I, I mean, that, that was one of them where you just, there's going to be people in this industry, especially, that say, say whether it's directly or indirectly, you're, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like there's going to be people, maybe your first big break. Right. And then six months in, they're like, we don't want to put you on air. Like you're not, we don't like your style. You have a lot of work to do. Like there's going to be people that say no. And that's with anything in life, you know, but I just think if, if you want to do it, you'll figure it out. man. So take us through your show, the fix, and how that kind of became a thing. Were you always a big sports better? I know just seeing on your resume how DraftKings you work, like, is that, did that have anything to really do with it that now you're able to have your own show? Sports betting radio, that's just a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's cool. And it's, it's expanding. It's uh, going into the Philly market uh, starting in March. Um, so I'll be in South Jersey. I'll be in Philadelphia as well. I'll be on phillyvoice.com streaming live as well. So it's, it's been going well. And I, yeah, I started at 10 PM to 1 AM Monday to Friday on a small, you know, a, a, a smaller station. Um, and that's another thing right there. Like that was my first time, like, this is my show, you know, like my name, my show, I book who I want. I talk about what I want, like everything, but you know, 1230 AM in a small market, no one's listening. Like no one's listening, but that's okay. Like right. that's me now that that's my time to figure out what I'm my craft, you know, hosting my own show. And, you know, I just got offered the 7 PM to 10 PM time slot. So now Monday to Friday, 7 PM to 10 PM. I mentioned the expansion in oh. the Philly. 
Um, so it's going well, man. I mean, you know, the, the sports betting background with DraftKings, I think helps because I made a lot of contacts there. And I also have been on that side of it, you know, so I get the customer side of it and I get the, the business side of it. Um, so I can talk about, you know, a lot of different angles I can talk about essentially. One, one quick question about your time at DraftKings. I said, you said you were a sportsbook supervisor. Have you seen any like wild 10 grand bets going in on like a plus 300 dog? Like tell me something about that. There has to be some crazy stuff you've seen. So crazy. So there's a famous better, or I forget his name, man. I forget his name. Was it the one from the, was it the one from this weekend? Mattress Mac? No, no, it wasn't Mattress Mac. I've met him. You met him? Yeah, I've met him, but it's not Mattress Mac. It's another guy. Um, he came into the sports book and it was on like a Tuesday in maybe like December, right before the college football playoff. And there was this guy in the bathroom. So in Atlantic city, we get like homeless people a lot coming in off the boardwalk, unfortunately, like trying to get into the bathroom to like clean themselves off and use like a clean bathroom. Like that, that's just the reality of it. Um, so there was someone in there and I legit thought he was homeless and he had like these dirty clothes on and he had a duffel bag on. And I went up to him. I'm like, sir, like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, if you're not placing bets, I'm going to have to ask you, we're going to have to ask you to leave on, you know, unfortunately I apologize. He opened up his duffel bag and it just had wads of cash. Like there was stacks, like stacks of 10 G's. He probably had like 400 G's, 400 K in his duffel bag, dude. And he's like, no, nah, I'm making a bet. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and but you take it. That's what I would ask. <laughs> he parlayed. He parlayed um, like Alabama money line, um, and then like three other futures bets, like maybe Chiefs to win it last year, um, a, a hockey bet, and something else. And he lost one of the four. I know he oh lost one of the gosh. four. Might have been Clemson or something. I forget. Still made but yeah. money on that. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, like, but you get those people, like, all the time. Like, people drop big money in there, man. And then you have people in there all, all day. Like, you can go bet on the kiosk, like, 50-cent parlays. And you'll have guys hitting, like, eight Gs off of 50-cent parlays. Like, stupid stuff. Like, 15-teamers, 12-teamers. Right. Um but yeah, that that's like one of many crazy stories I have in there. People throwing around big money. So I just have another question about the different side of broadcasting. Um, you know, your time, the Atlantic City Blackjacks and the Arena Football League. And was that more because when people think about that aren't doing the things that we're doing in this industry, when people think about sports broadcasting, they initially think I'm going to be a Joe Buck or mm -hmm. I'm going to be Al Michaels, that kind of thing. Is that what you were kind of doing there, calling games? or Because my question would be, how has that differed from what you're doing now from that? Because I really don't think I could do play-by-play -play just because of all that goes into it. I'd rather be sitting doing something like this where I can cover it versus sit there and call the actual game. For sure. And I actually um, – I didn't do play-by-play. -play, so I did um, – I was the in-arena host. So if you go to a Sixers game – and the TV timeouts, actually, no, the interim host for the Sixers, Christian Crosby. Um, you know, they, he, who wants a T-shirt? Um, oh, fan cool. contests, like, all right, you know, the price is right. Is this, you know, sponsored by ShopRite? Is this uh, can of pasta over or under $2.99? You know, like, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, so that, that was me, like, coming out into the field during TV timeouts and interacting with fans. Uh, and I actually hosted – 
uh, a Washington Wizards NBA game as their in-arena host last year, which was pretty cool. Um, so I, I like doing that because I have like I just feel like I have the personality for I, it. But I think I can you also never have the it. voice for it too. I can hear it though. Like I could hear that. Like, <laughs> yeah. On like the on the big loud all that stuff. I can hear that though. So oh, I fit. got fired up. Yeah, I got exactly. fired up. But yeah, I could never I could never be in the booth like hands it off to you know yeah, yeah, Miles yeah. Sanders. Like, like that's not me, you know. And yeah, right. but there is a lot of aspects to that question. There's a lot of aspects to this industry that you can figure out what you want or not want. And you could also like, I know for me, right out of college, obviously I'm not expecting to get in a position like where you are right now. That was never, and I knew, and I know that I know that's not going to happen. So, you know, were you in a position where obviously you took a different route because you were working somewhere else before going into this, you know, would you say that maybe I could end up because of running a podcast and editing other podcasts that I could be you know, a, pro- a producer first and be on the production side of it first and then maybe move my way up and move my way up. And I'm not saying be like that office bitch, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to say that, right? It's, but it's like- Might have to. Right, no, to, to, but to, to work your way up in that sense, right? Like, it wouldn't be like that, but I don't know. It's, there's just so many thoughts. And I, I've been, te- I was, when I was texting you the first time about all this, it's just it's scary to think about because I don't have the connections. I don't have the the experiences. And yeah. did you like were were you always reaching out to these people that you knew just from West I mean West Virginia uh, alumni or was it just like you know you just got a phone call and it was your time? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I got super lucky and I just figured out all right I know this guy I've been friendly with him for a long time let me just figure out how to get in the door and once I'm in the door I know I'm going to show him that I'm serious about this so I mean I got lucky you know not everyone has that you know for for someone like you it's like all right what do you want to do it seems like you want to about sports behind a mic right yeah or you don't know I do and that's okay if you don't know I want to be I want to be on camera. Okay. I want to be talking to the mic. I want all that kind of stuff. But I got to work behind the scenes. Do you to have? Get there. You don't have to work behind the scenes to get there. There's no. There's no packet of a blueprint of how to do this. There's no. There's no manual for this. You know. So if you don't want to be in production, don't be in production. <laughs> like, but but if you enjoy it and you see yourself sucking it up and being able to be in production for a couple of years to start off, to get yourself in the door, go then do that. But don't do something you hate because then you're going to end up miserable one day. You're going to end up making mistakes and it's going to be a more difficult path for you. That's just my two cents. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, do you have a sport that you like talking about the most or a topic football you like right, talking football about? right now? Yeah. Okay. Do you guys do the podcast together? Yep. Yes, we do. Okay. So um, our, our idea behind the whole thing was I wanted to do, um, you know, kind of like what we're doing right now, um, interviews with industry professionals and some athletes. We have some connections with guys who are professional athletes from our high school. Um, so kind of do it around that. And then our second half of the show would be obviously me and my partner, Manny, just talking about whatever it is. So obviously today would be the Super Bowl um, and things of like things of that nature. But, um, you know, we want to be able to show our versatility and doing you know right can we talk about the nhl can we talk about the mlb can we talk about the nba those kinds of things 
Um, yeah. You know, yes, I, like, you can. Yeah, you can. You, you, you should talk about whatever you want, whenever you want. And like early on and not even early on, I still feel like this to a degree. Like, don't worry about I'm afraid to put it out there because I'm unsure or I'm still figuring it out. Like, I don't want to put anything bad out there and that ruin my chances. Like that's, that's BS, you know, like most likely no one of importance is listening to your podcast right now. Like just to be real right. and that's okay. No, right. Like people aren't listening to me probably, you know, to a degree, uh, you know, but work in this industry, it's all about the reps. Like it's all about the reps. You are only going to get better if you're simulating a show, if you know, you and Manny are, are pumping out podcasts They're like, that's it. Like if you're doing two shows a week, you should do five. If you're doing five, you should do six. Like, and you shouldn't care how good or bad the content is because if you continue, if you're consistent and if you're dedicated to putting more out there and figuring it out, going back and listening to it, that sounded like shit. Oh, that five minutes was really good. How can we grow it? How can we get people to want to listen, to continue to listen? Then you're working and you're becoming better. But I hear all the time people are like, oh, man, I just did my first hour. It was crappy. I'm so afraid of it being out there now and and it hurting. Like, no, like that's that's not the case. So I just think just just do more. You're never doing enough. And like, don't be afraid, you know, don't be afraid to just put pump content out and you'll eventually figure out like what you're good at and what you want to do. Right. That's crazy. You said that because a lot of the talks that me and Alex had, um, I've been trying to tell him like with the social medias, we need to be pushing out content all the time. But you said something that struck a nerve in me about upping the show count. So we only do one show a week. So would you suggest maybe doing two shows a week or maybe like a little half show, half of the week or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. You guys are, you guys are, you know, new for lack mm -hmm. of a better way to put it. Like, and, and it's all about the reps. Mm -hmm. Like I said, forget about how many views you have. Forget about how many downloads you have. Forget about how many followers on Twitter you have. That does not matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Like you guys, if you like working together and you are right now, you need to figure out how you guys can become better as a, a, a duo and a co-host, co-hosting one another. You have to figure out individually, figure out the style of the show. One a week isn't enough. And if that's all you can do right now, I'm not knocking you. That's great. That's great. Do one a week and eventually do two a week. But my opinion is do more, do more because selfishly for you guys, I think it's better off in the long run. You're going to get where you want to be faster. Yeah. And I, like I'm, I'm in a fortunate position for my internship right now where I am doing this. I'm doing a show with my boss um, Mondays and Fridays and I'm producing it, but I also am, am there like with what we're doing right now where I'm able to speak up when I want. So I am getting that, you know, speaking in front of like that, that getting better at speaking in front of a microphone, because at the very beginning, I was nervous about about this thing sitting right here. And I've, I say that yeah. all the time. I mean, it's weird to, you know, know that you're being recorded and fumble mm -hmm. your words and that kind of thing. But that shouldn't matter because like if you're going to say those things and have that argument when you're sitting at a table with your friends watching the game, then how, how should it be any different if that microphone's sitting in the middle of the table when you're sitting around with your friends watching the game? Yep. Um, the other question I would ask is, this is probably more for me than Manny, but 
can you just give me like a, a day in the life of Ryan Rothstein right now? Just kind of timing, like, you know, because I see you're sitting in the studio and you have your show at seven o'clock and those kinds of things, just how it kind of runs for you on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, it's different. It's different really every day, but I wake up and I try, I wake up, never say you, you start your day with waking up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for any of my office fans, but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I usually just I listen and watch as much content as possible. I'll watch the I'll listen to the ESPN morning show and just figure out, all right, what are the top stories of the day? I'll listen to a little bit of Get Up. I'll listen to a little bit of Colin Cowherd. I'll listen to a little bit of uh, the Visa Network stuff. This, they're like a national sports betting network, for those of you that don't know. Um, so I just figure out what are people talking about? What's my opinion on these topics? Can I bring something different to the table? Um and then I'm booking guests and I'm trying to come up with new segments. I'm trying to sell advertising, trying to come up with new partners. Um, so I'm in the studio right now for where I do my show at seven and it's, you know, two o'clock. So, yeah, you know, I'm really working for the it. next eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it. It's I love cool it. To have somebody in there that knows, I mean, you're, you're like, you're living proof. You're doing it. That's why, you know, just to have you here to have that conversation. Um, and one last thing here, just kind of want to switch the gear a little bit. Did you take? Did you place any bets on Sunday for the big game? And how'd you do if you did? Of course I did. Of course I did. Um, I did pretty good for once, man. I did pretty good. So I, I like Tampa Bay money line. Wow. Um, I did not think the game would go like that. Yeah, but clearly. I, I, I just like Tampa to win for, you know, you just have a feel certain years of like, you know, and Tampa, yeah. Tampa's defense is – not talked about enough even now after that game i mean that front seven that defensive line with the kansas city chiefs offensive line issues i thought that would be a problem and it was um i liked the under once again didn't think it would go like that i thought it would see, be like, i actually took the over which is a pain you did i mean see the I, last quarter and a half of football the two best offenses you can't score 16 points really that's what that's what frustrated me you look at the trends of like the past 22 super bowls you know, 17 of them have gone under uh, the first quarters of Super Bowls historically are very slow starting. So, you know, I, and that's not that doesn't always mean it's going to turn out that way. But I just felt like it would be slow to start. Um, whatever. I still thought it would be like 27, 24. And it was not like that at all. I don't know what the hell happened out there. But yeah. Oh <laughs> Kansas City, man. I don't I mean. Listen, that offensive line was a mess. Mahomes had three guys in space as soon as he had the ball. You know, he yeah, didn't have I'm, you're team Brady, Manny, but I'm like trying to give some like credit to. I'm Pat not. Mahomes. Don't say I'm team Brady. I'm don't just, put I'm that just on saying, there. I'm just saying. Oh team Brady. my god. I'm just saying that like we have to give a little bit more credit to Pat Mahomes in that situation. Like no, I feel like no other quarterback in that situation running for 497 yards to try to escape sacks every single play is going to win that game. It's not an excuse. I think it, that's just the situation. That's the fact of the matter of what it was. You put Eli Manning in that situation. I'm a Giants fan, so that's why I'm using this example. You again, you put Tom Brady in that situation. He's he's a pocket passer, so he's he would have been killed in that situation. We have to give credit yeah. to Pat Mahomes. Those throws were ridiculous. Well, you don't have to give him credit, but I don't think you should be criticizing him. Thank you. Yeah, that, you know? I, yeah okay. That's Thank that's you. I guess the better way to put it. I don't want to criticize yeah. him in that, and I don't think people should criticize him in this situation. That's all. That's so. That's really what the main oh reason was. We're gonna get into it, bro. You just you blow, <laughs> you blow my mind sometimes. I, I mean, really listen, Andy Reid. I think could have called a better game. Um, 
that that incident with his son, like hey, less than two days yeah. before the game, like, yeah. that had to have impacted him a little right. bit. And, and that offensive line was just beat up. And, and that Tampa front seven is better than people talk about. Mm-hmm. Like that that Tampa defense is serious, serious. They're men. <laughs> so you have a banged up offensive line. You're going to be in trouble against them. And and that was the case. Yeah. Um, Tampa can repeat. I mean, you look at the NFC right now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying they are. I'm not on record. I, I mean, just as far as coming out of the NFC, there's no one in the NFC right now that I'm like really feeling good about. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are feeling like, who do you like in the NFC for next year besides uh, Tampa? I mean, I, I, like, be- I like Rodgers and the crew, man. I think they really got something to prove. If, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't step into that office and tell them, you need to get me one more guy and we need to go for it right now. I don't know what's going on with the organization, but besides them, it's not looking good. There's some teams at the AFC that look good. I mean, obviously the Browns on the up and up. Uh, you got teams with the Titans, obviously Chiefs again. The Ravens are still there. Um, do they repeat? I, I don't like it. Will they be? They'll, they'll probably be back in the NFC Championship game though next year. I would I like to that. see. I would like to see Russell Wilson have a complete season, and maybe we can put him in in an NFC Championship category. Because he has that. There's first... rumors of him getting traded. Yeah. Because yeah. he can't get protected. But we the first half of the season it was Russell Wilson's the MVP, and then the second half where where it's just thrown thrown in the dirt. So it's like, can we see a complete season where maybe we can throw Seattle in that conversation with Green Bay and Seattle in that conversation with with Tampa Tampa Bay? So <laughs> Tampa Bay, you know. Tampa Bay, yeah, yeah. That you know, listen, Seattle. Their offensive line was horrible. Russell Wilson. He, he, his back was hurting after eight games. He couldn't do it anymore. And Aaron Rodgers, he wins MVP. It looked like finally, Manny, it looked like you talk about like their year. This year, it felt like their year. The whole year. <laughs> the whole year. And, and, you know, if I would have told you Tom Brady's going to go in the Lambeau field for the NFC title game this year against the MVP, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and all those weapons, and he was going to throw three interceptions. And the Bucks are still going to win that game. You would laugh in my face. Exactly. Like how, if Aaron couldn't get it done, I'm not blaming him. But if he right. couldn't get it done this year, it's like, damn, when when, when are they ever going to get back? Exactly. Yeah. It's all it's, crazy. it's a winning culture for Tom Brady. I mean, he also think about it. He also went to New Orleans and beat Drew Brees. Obviously, that was a poor showing from them. But still, they had to go on yeah. the road the whole time, and they still yeah. they still prevailed. That's just how it mm-hmm. was. So uh, I'm going to let you go, Ryan. Do your thing. Get ready for the show tonight. Thank you so much for your time, your insight, your wisdom. Very, very appreciative of all of that. Thank you so, so much, and I'll be in touch. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. No, thank you, guys. Listen, if you ever need anything, hit me up. If you ever want to come in the studio one night, hit me up, uh, and we'll we'll work something out. Thank you very much, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Have a good right, show guys. tonight. Thanks. Later. Very cool stuff there, man. I know we went a little bit into it. I know he's a Tom guy. <laughs> Shut up. I cannot believe you, bro. I Shut cannot up. We believe We had you. we had conversations about this before oh, the show started. Baby. Shut up. I know we already got into it on the on the the Super Bowl talk. That's kind of one of what we're gonna get what we're gonna be getting into for the rest of the show here. Congratulations to Tom Brady on seven Super Bowls and the rest of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for winning Super Bowl 55, 31 to 9 over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, holding the Chiefs to three field goals. Unreal. And I want to kind of give you the floor here, Manny, to talk about the coaching and and how Bruce Arians and company outcoached Andy Reid and Biennemi because that shouldn't have happened. In my opinion, what was I saying last week? Chiefs minus three, Chiefs minus three. Hammer it, hammer it, hammer it. And 
they they can't even score a touchdown. So, got to give a lot of credit to coaching there. Obviously, all on the on the all on that defense. Tom Brady playing okay, but it's coaching at the end of the day there. So, well, I mean, the first thing I want to say is just big ups to Bruce Arians, man. Temple guy, coaching Temple back in the day. Um, he he was the, he was the first person to have his his, his three coordinators to be black. I mean his. His, his, his assistant head coach is black. His offensive coordinator is black. His defensive coordinator is black. Special coordinator. I mean, a big ups to that guy. He's changing the trends of the league, and and they they out coached the Chiefs, out coached, out schemed, out played every facet of the game. Um, the, the biggest thing that about that game to me was they controlled the game with the run. And you see, they had Ronald Jones in the early. He was doing okay. And when playoff landing came in, the whole the whole outlook changed. All three, I think, all three of Tom's touchdowns were all play action. And that's just a testament to what Leonard Fournette was able to do. Um, Todd Bowles as well put, called an awesome game. Uh, they, they were actually able to sit and cover two the whole game. And, and it would cover two, you, it forces you to run the ball. So Andy Reid, if you only give him Clyde Edwards, he layers nine carries, and he isn't giving you much, then you're you're just having having home sit back there like a sitting duck. And that's exactly what happened. Um, they 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 dealt, they obviously had all their attention on Cheetah. I think he had no catches in the first quarter. Um, they were cool with a little double offs to Kelsey. And on the opposite side of the ball with, the, with Tampa Bay, you see the you see the genius in, in Tom Brady and, and and the staff over in Tampa Bay because they they were shutting down Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. If I told you Mike Evans had one, one catch for thirty one yards, and I think Godwin had about two for nothing that was that crazy. Scotty well. Miller didn't have a catch. He had uh, a Scotty Miller didn't have a catch, and I told you they won that game by over twenty points. You would laugh in my you would laugh in my face. Right. Um, so they, they, they saw things that they were doing to Gronk and they had the one-on-ones and I don't know why people let keep letting Tom get Gronk one-on-one for the whole game, but they if did. You told they me burned. that Rob Gronkowski was going to lead the Bucks receiving core in Super Bowl 55. I would have said no because of who's there, but I think it's just because Tom Brady knows his guy in the Super Bowl. That's it. No, nah, you're not wrong. Guy. So you're not wrong. 67 yards and two touchdowns for Rob Gronkowski. Got to give him and the whole team a lot of credit. I wanted to see a little bit more from those guys, Mike Evans. I wanted to see a little bit more of those guys, Chris Godwin, everybody there, and company. But look, they but that's what them. happens when you play a team. I was saying on the last show, you play a team once in the regular season, they they see everything you do. Uh, you yeah, you and you're right, 100. I remember you texted me that, and we're like, remember what I said? Do you remember? Because exactly. in the first quarter of that game in the regular season, Patrick Mahomes had 200 and three yards passing in the first quarter of that game. What do you have in this one? Nine. Nine. That's it. That's it in one quarter. So I was just blown away, blown out of the water that this was actually happening, that they couldn't get anything going. How can you not score a touchdown? Now, this is where I'm going to go on to my Patrick Mahomes rant because it's ridiculous. Look, you can, you can shake your head all you want, but it's ridiculous to me that he's throwing balls that – he shouldn't even be able to get out of his hand. And they're hitting his receivers in the face mask. And you can't make a play. You can't make a catch. I don't get it. They should have had at least, at least, I told you this before, at least two touchdowns. At the very least, they should have had two touchdowns. And maybe I'm maybe I'm complaining about that because my over didn't hit. Ah. But come on. Travis Kelsey had plenty of drops. Where's the help? Where? He easily could have said, yeah, I mean, nobody gave me any help today. I'm making, I'm, I'm throwing the ball from parallel to the ground, and I'm still able to hit you in the face in the end zone. You can't catch it. He's making plays. No credit. Listen, so, the thing about the thing about Super Bowl games, and you see it every every single year, if it's a close game or not. 
there's always the play. You have to make the play. The Chiefs are missing that. You've seen it with your Giants twice. Two plays that were like, this is why we won the game. Big plays. And it, it, it didn't happen. I mean, you could you could point the finger to Tyreek Hill for the drop, and that would have been an incredible catch. That would have probably would have been one of the best catches in Super Bowl history if he made it. Uh, you can blame Travis Kelsey for a couple of his for a drops, but I mean, he had 10 catches for 133 yards. I, I'm still looking at Pat Mahomes. This is the second straight Super Bowl. He's come out in the first half and he's been flat, missing throws, doesn't look sharp. Um, there was one throw in particular, I remember, I think it was the first or second quarter. He had Miko Hardman on the corner route. Uh, it was a third down, big third down, throw it for about 20 yards and just missed. And those are throws you can't afford to miss in that situation. Yes, Pat Mahomes is doing his thing out there. I mean, some all, all the throws, I was texting the group chat, like, I don't, like, what is wrong with him? I don't know what's wrong with him. But you still, he wasn't as sharp as you needed him to. Um, it's just, they, they, they were missing that. Like I said about the birds, man, I hate to bring it back, but hungry dogs run faster. I mean, they were, they were missing that, that hunger, that tenacity that they had in that second half last year versus San Fran. I guess you can say that. I mean, I guess. I, I mean, you had playoff money. There's a post on Instagram. He said he had a nightmare that he lost Super Bowl. He got out of his bed at two o'clock in the morning and ran 24 110s. There's a different hunger. There's a different hunger. You so, have Tom Brady. So the 110 is, the 110 is. From the end of one end zone to the other end of one end zone, the whole field. 24. And you have you Tom Brady scoring touchdowns and going to find Tyron Matthew and getting his face, and I love it. I loved all that. I mean, I've seen a hungrier team win. The better team, hungrier team won. Yeah, I mean, they didn't simple. deserve an unsportsmanlike conduct. But also, hungrier team, we'll say this, though. To, to your point exactly, Tom Brady leading up to the Super Bowl, every day leading up to the Super Bowl, texting the whole team, we will win. We will win. And, you know, when you talk about as a pure leadership standpoint, who doesn't want to play for that? Right. Who doesn't want to play for that guy? Mike Evans is sitting here saying, I want to take a pay cut to play with these guys again. Who mm-hmm. doesn't want to? Right now, who does not want to play in that atmosphere? Winning follows a wrong. great leader. And we have to give, look, I, I don't want to be the biggest Tom Brady guy. And, oh, Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls. Oh, he, he was he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. I'm not going to sit there and say that. I just want to give him the respect that he deserves. Seven Super Bowls, and he's I think he's just the best leader. We saw that in, in, in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be a great leader of that team. Call him in a huddle. Or when you go to halftime, I thought there was going to be some drastic changes when we come out of the, uh, come yeah. out of the tunnel for halftime. Patrick Mahomes and, and, and Andy Reid, come on. Hit your guys on the sideline. Let's go. Come on. We can do this. this like, we're not out of this. Heads up. Chin up. Let's go. None of that. We, as as yeah, a pure that, leadership standpoint, Tom Brady won that Super Bowl. That game felt over in the second quarter. I think in the second quarter, Kelsey dropped a uh, a little comeback for five yards, and there was only I think it was twenty one at this point. And he's sitting there with his helmet on his hands, just helmet like this. For like oh, and they're minutes. like, oh, and you're so, oh, oh, we don't no want to see Tom Brady like that though. But Tom, no one, no one comes, no one, none of his teammates. One thing I peep because from some, from playing football, none of his teammates came to help him up. They just let him sit there and sulk. Because he does. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same hunger. But one question I had for you is: Does this take away from Bill Belichick's legacy at all? The fact that Tom Brady did it so easily without him, or does it? Or I, is it so I mean, I, I, I don't want to necessarily say that's a good question. I don't want to necessarily say that because he had a great team around him. Tom Brady did. I'm not saying. Look again. Okay. Today, okay. Today, seven it, and nine, three years in a row, third in the NFC South. Okay, I hear you though. Right. But, Only out of Tom Brady, A.B. and Gronk. I mean, ah, yeah. Uh, but then, but he, and he also makes guys look a lot better because let's go back to Chris Hogan. Who the hell was that guy? 
Scotty Miller, you can say the same thing. Who the hell was that guy? He made him good. Who, who, who? Tom Brady, right? Not Bill Belichick, right? Right, right. Tom Brady. Okay, made so you're right. Now, so you're, 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 you're silently getting there's that answer. In out the, of there's me. something in the back of nah, my head that's right. telling me that Bill Belichick. Now, listen. Now, you could go back in the '90s. Bill Belichick had that historic um, performance when he was D coordinator against the Bills, and that'll be in the Hall of Fame. A lot of people talk about. Bill Belichick's a great coach. I don't, I don't get it twisted. And he's definitely the go to Randy Reed, Alex. We'll just get that clear. Yeah, yeah. But Look, I, I don't. Okay. I think I think it's really this this run by Brady really really showed you that it was his town in New England. But I, here's the thing I want to say though, like he had just over 200 yards passing. How does that look? You got to give a lot of credit to the defense there, and we all we talked about that, and that's been said. Look, I, he's 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 a leader. That's why he won the game. He's a leader. It's not like he played. Mahomes had more passing yards, and he did this, and he was he was fighting. Like I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away, but listen, like, what? I guess it's me complaining that Tom Brady got MVP, but like. In that situation, why does Tom Brady get MVP? It's because it, I mean, it's because it's one. It's Tom Brady, and it's because two he's a 20, leader. Twenty-one for twenty-nine and three touchdowns. I mean, two hundred yards though. Like, I, I guess listen, because if, you couldn't we, give it to listen, anyone else. Listen, listen, as simple as this. They know Steve Spagnuolo is a great defensive mind. You know because he was with you from the Giants when he beat Tom Brady. Exactly. He knows that Bruce Arians loves to air it out, so he's not gonna let him do that. But then you see the great of the greats adjust. And, oh, you got you don't want me to go downfield? Okay, I'm going to dink and dime you, hand off the playoff money. I'm going to run a quick little screen here to Cameron break for 30 yards. They mixed it up. And that's why Tom Brady's MVP. And a lot of those calls, you can see, you can see he was making. There was one time they had the 8K camera on Tom Brady. And, and Arians was trying to tell him something. He said, no, no, five. Whatever five is, I don't know what it is. But next play they scored. Yeah. So I, I – Well, that's the other thing that Bruce Arians said is he said it was okay to – I can give Tom Brady the the headset, meaning you exactly. know I can let him call his own plays. I don't think he was able to do that back in with Belichick. He's able to do that, and I'm giving him you know that that leeway and that flexibility, and I'm giving you that slack. You can go do what you want to do. A question I have for you is, and this is a tough question to ask, and it's a tough question to answer, but I asked it yesterday on my work show, and I want to say this: Can because of this loss for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Can Patrick Mahomes now not ever pass Tom Brady as the GOAT or ever be be classified as better than Tom Brady? Does he have to now win seven Super Bowls or win eight Super Bowls to be better than Tom Brady? Because I think that's the narrative now. Oh, no one's ever going to be better than Tom Brady because Patrick Mahomes will not win eight Super Bowls and be better than him. I don't think it comes down to that, though. I don't think think, think that statement is absolutely false. Will it take a lot for him to become the GOAT? Absolutely. But, I mean, you see the similar topic with the with the basketball GOAT debate. When Jordan got six, people were like, yeah, I don't know whoever who's going to get six. Whoever gets six is going to be a GOAT. But now we're saying LeBron James is the GOAT when he has four because he's a better football player. Do I think – I mean, better basketball player. Do I think Pat Mahomes is a better quarterback than Tom Brady? Absolutely. Yeah. Every day of the week, if you drop an alien down from, from, from the sky and you take these two guys and you say, who would you rather have your quarterback? They're going to say Pat Mahomes 90, 90% of the time. The talent's yeah. unreal. Yeah. He's done it on the big stage. But there's a lot of ground he has to make up. I mean, he's probably got to win three, four more championships convincingly, um, not have any more shaky performances in the first half of Super Bowls. I mean, there's a lot he has to do. But is it over? Absolutely not. I mean, Pat Mahomes is way too good to say that. So but it's definitely the, – the, 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 the margin is definitely really wide. So I've been seeing a lot of these, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this. I've been seeing a lot of these 
uh, ESPN things are, and I want to keep it with football. That's why I'm asking this question. Are way too early predictions. Way too early. Like you know, so you see those articles, you see those posts. Right. Are way too early predictions for next year's Super Bowl. Way too early. And those ESPN had it where the Chiefs were actually favored as the way too early predictions to win the Super Bowl. And who guess who was obviously number two? The Bucks. Do you agree with that? Do we think that that the Chiefs can actually come back here next year and do it? Or are the Bucks going to reign supreme now because of the leadership that Tom Brady has built? Again, let's take out of the question, let's take out of consideration all that kind of stuff of maybe the Bucks team could be different. Godwin has to get paid. Is Mike Evans actually going to make that, that take that pay cut? So take everything out of the perspective. Take all that out of the question. In a pure, because we, we don't know. We won't know that. So in a pure standpoint of way too early predictions, ESPN has Kansas City number one winning next year. And the Bucks number two. Are we going to see Kansas City actually do that, or are you you're still not going to see? You're not going to see either of these teams in Super Bowl next year. I'm just going to leave it out. Because you're going to say that. you want the Bills in the AFC and you want the Packers in the NFC. That's what I listen, want. Listen, listen. That's what I, I want. Mean the, I mean, the Bills are there. You got the Colts are there. The Browns are there. Don't sleep on the Brownies, man. They are there. The Ravens are still there. There's there's about four or five teams in the AFC that I can say have a shot to make it next year besides the Chiefs. Now, in the NFC, maybe one lot. or two. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. And, and we got to – Maybe one or two. I just don't, I just don't think Tampa Bay can get to make it back. We saw a lot – like, what we saw Tampa Bay do in that last stretch of the, of the four games that they won in the Super Bowl was they did exactly what that team was built to do for four games. It was – it kind of – like, the way, the way it played out was like they couldn't do this again. Right, but we think saw, about it. We saw the real Bucks during the whole year. But think about it though. If 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 Breeze is done, then right. the Bucks are winning that division. So they are gifted a playoff spot easily. And right. then you never know. And then leadership. I mean, look, I like I, I can't I can't get it out of my head. Went to Washington against a defensive front that should have killed Tom Brady. Oh my god! Shut up, dude. It, there was there was really they they I in my he was an eight point favorite, okay. bro. Next I know, I know, I know. But there's a chance they could like that's how you beat Tom Brady. Get the interior rush. What did I say last week? You get the interior rush. That's how you beat him. You sack him. It could have happened. Next game in New Orleans, Drew Brees away on the road, a team that hasn't been in the playoffs. Yeah, Only Drew one Super a, Bowl. Drew took an absolute piss that game. Yeah, that yeah. right defense. And then we go to Green Bay, Lambeau Field. In the cold against playoff Aaron Rodgers, who Matt has LaFleur took a piss. bad decision, bad play call, and then, then we at, we get rewarded, we get rewarded to go home and play in our home stadium for the first time that we've been playing in all year. We deserve that. We deserve that. And then, regardless if they played at home, they beat Patrick Mahomes, they beat Eric Bieniemy, they beat Andy Reid. They deserve all that. And I so think you there is a huge believe chance. they're going to be back. You generally believe that. I'm not saying that they're going to be back, but I think they really can make that NFC Championship game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, think they'll make it there. I think, I think they'll make it there. And maybe if Rodgers is and Rodgers and LaFleur are destined to get there and they make better play calling and they make better decisions, then they will be there too. Can the Seattle Seahawks get there? Uh, I'm just scared. Can, I don't, I don't hold up. Can the, Rams get, can the Rams get into a position where with Matthew Stafford right now? There's all these things, dude, I'm just saying. Just, I, just I'm it out really, there. really scared that we saw Tom Brady run the AFC for God knows how long. And then he leaves for and one year and he does it. And I think uh, I'm not. So don't don't quote me on this. I don't know if this is true, but I I think 
I know this was said, but I don't know if it was said by, I think it was said by Rob Gronkowski, where he said this might be the most impressive Tom Brady Super Bowl. And I think so. Why not? Why is it not, though? Hold on. Why is it not, though? He leaves. He le- Hold on. I got to stand up. I got to stand up. He leaves. He leaves. He leaves. The, the team that he got six with. The team that he got six with. He starts over with another team. Another coach. A whole different atmosphere. And then he goes all the way back and he wins. And again, I'm not going to go over that he went to New Orleans and that he went to Green Bay again. Because he did. And he beat them. He sh- he sh- they should not have beaten New Orleans. They should, have, they should not have beaten Green Bay. That should not have happened. And he still he, we went to the Super Bowl and he beat Patrick Mahomes. That shouldn't have happened. Most impressive, in my opinion, probably. First year with a new team. Takes them all the way back to the Super Bowl. Gets them their second Super Bowl. Tom Brady. He was down 28 to 3 at halftime. I know. At halftime. I know. I know. And you're telling me there's something that's more impressive than that in the history of football? You got to think about it, though. No, I'm not thinking about it, Alex. He was down 28 to 3 at halftime. It was 21 to 3. He was driving on the field to a pick six. Who thought? Everyone in their mom thought that game was over. He came back. There's nothing that will ever be more impressive than that. Edelman also should not have made that catch, and we'll leave that there. But Edelman should not have made that catch, but whatever. 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 28 to 3? I know, I know. And and, and believe me, I, I thought about that in, in my head. In 30 minutes? Believe me, I thought about that in my head. But you leave you leave your team and you start over and you go right back to what you were just doing before. Let's not, like, I understand. The, the Bucks, like, yeah, I, I was... I no was... quarterback can do that. I guarantee you no quarterback that has his leadership will leave somewhere else to go to a whole other team. Who wasn't even in this position last year? Not even close. Not even close. And they're going to go take them. They're going to go take them to the Super Bowl the year that they get there. Get there's out. Two, there's two that might leave this year that can do it. Are you kidding me? There's two that will, there's two that, there's two quarterbacks that could possibly be traded this offseason that could easily do that. Sorry. Sorry. We can see it. I'm just saying. And I'm not going to roll out Matt Stafford, too, because you can make it, you can make an argument three, but I don't know. Was he I, there the years prior to that? No. No, he was never in that. He was always winning, and he comes here for a year and then makes them win. Leadership. Said, winning two, follows. He did it. He did there's, it. There's two quarterbacks at the top of my head that I can say. Okay. 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 Easy. We got to wrap there. I mean, it's just – I just don't – I don't get it. We got – like, that's just unreal. It's – you got to think about those things. Whatever. We got to wrap. It's a wrap for episode three. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Ryan Rothstein. Again, great to have someone from this industry – on the show we're looking to get more of those guys on here like that and some athletes as well please follow us on twitter at ADED podcast and our instagram as well at ADED pod like i said last week there's going to be some different type of content thrown on both the twitter and the instagram so just check out both of them i think we're doing full full uh full clips on the twitter and then some reels and that kind of stuff on the instagram we are we are very active on there so check us out Check out the polls. Let us know what you think. Give us some bets. Let us know all that kind of stuff. We're very, very excited to hear from you and to have our supporters following us along the way. You can also check out the Facebook page as well, which is simply the name of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening today and being with us. You've been listening to the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. My name is Alex Jacobs, but you can call me All Day AJ. 